0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Bijou Banter. Today in the Zoom studio, we've got the usual suspects. We've got me, Calvin Leslie, we've got Orson Codd, Matthew and Daniel McGregor Hoyer. We're talking about, we're off of our Oscars kick. They're done, they're done for a whole year, which is just terrible, but they're done for a year. So we're back onto our usual schedule of talking about movies and this year or this day today, I know English, uh, we're breaking from that mold a little bit because we're going to be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the newest Disney plus Marvel show. Uh, at least when this is coming out. I don't know when Loki is coming out. And we're also going to be talking about uh, Mortal Kombat, the new one, not the old one, which we'll get into the differences there in a little bit. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's the newest Marvel show. Uh, it stars Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan and is about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier sort of coming to terms with Cap not being around anymore and dealing with this group called the Flag Smashers who want like things to go back, to how they were before the snap or during the snap or something, but they want like no borders because people are being evicted from their homes or it's a little vague, but I'm sure we'll get there too. Uh, And there's a new captain America and he's a jerk. And what did we think?
1: So what I find most interesting is Kevin Feige didn't, he's, you know, the guy that heads up basically all the Marvel stuff. He did an interview a couple months ago where he basically said the Disney plus shows and that content regular average viewers aren't going to have to see that to see the movies and understand it and i think you can totally tell with this one i think where my issues lie is that it's very predictable like you you know what's going to happen from the very first episode of how it's going to end and i think that just kind of tarnished my opinion with it i don't think this is the worst thing that mcu has ever done i just thought it was kind of forgettable per se i was i was excited to watch it every friday when it came out but like yeah i just wasn't eager to like jump on the train as it seems like a lot of other people were and i think to me you know it's trying a lot to be like captain america the winter soldier fairly like being this you know gritty spy thriller but to me it just kind of came off as like the cheap knockoff walmart version so i'm kind of just i'm in a crossroads with this where like there are things i really like like i love john walker you know he's played by white russell you know the great kurt russell's son and i love that whole element but then even it kind of gets left in the background towards like the latter half of the season and like everything also just kind of wraps up super quickly which i don't know i just like i said i'm kind of mixed with how i feel about this
2: for the most part i enjoyed this series um i would say that wandavision even though this is they're totally different shows even though they are in the same universe I prefer WandaVision over this, but Falcon War Soldier, I still think is solid because what I really like about the show is that it presents a side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a bit of a more mature and even darker way that we really haven't seen yet because a lot of people complain that Marvel could be too lighthearted at points, but this one is actually a lot more mature than I was expecting, which I appreciated. And it even took on more of a character study between like four or five different characters and it was pretty interesting but I think my problem with the show is that I kind of agree with Orson story-wise it is a bit more generic and it doesn't differentiate itself nearly as much as as WandaVision did especially amongst the 20 plus films in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and I think also the the villains the flags, where the flag smashers I find them to be very very boring and I get their motivation, but it's still super one note and really just kind of dull. But I do like the chemistry between um, uh, the Winter Soldier and Falcon. I think they're two very likable characters and actors, and they play off each other really well. And John Walker, too, I found to be a very compelling character to some degree, even though you know the direction that they're going to take it, especially from the first episode but I like what they did with him and I I would actually like to see him return in future MCU projects. And overall, I I enjoyed it for the most part.
3: I was very, very reluctant to watch this show. Like, I didn't watch it upon release. I didn't watch it um, when they kept releasing episodes on because I, I don't know. I feel like it's, Might be because, you know, I'm kind of in a bit of a hangover at the MCU because I think phase four is probably one of those phases that's not necessarily going to be building up to like any big story that the first three phases did. Um, And I thought this was going to be a typical generic Marvel show, but I was honestly surprised on how well it really was executed. Um, for one, Mackie, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Sand have really great chemistry together. Because um, even though you did see it in, say, something like Civil War, you never really got to see like these characters interact as friends. But here, you really get to see them have really good chemistry with each other and really good moments for their characters. Um, Wyatt Russell, though he plays a beautifully unlikable character, I mean, and I wouldn't say it's like because the actor himself, but he just plays the role so well here. And because it's like, you you know, you know what it's going to be, you know, he obviously doesn't seem like the fit for Captain America. I mean, the whole internet community really, um, hated Wyatt Russell for this but I feel like that's honestly the biggest advantage that it has because he doesn't fit it's true he doesn't fit as Captain America but I think it's just that you really get to see this character really transform over the course of the season which is unfortunate how he he really kind of faded in after episode 5 but I would say that he's still pretty competitive and I am also looking forward to what we see from that character. Um, And I really liked the way it was directed. I really like how it was much more gritty because I feel like that's probably the the edge that this show has over WandaVision is I feel like there's much more of an edge to it because WandaVision, I kind of felt like they just didn't know how to necessarily intertwine these ideas of the TV of like the tv show eras into a story even though i liked it i wouldn't say i for some reason i think i like falcon and the winter soldier a bit more um and i hoping that these marvel shows just get better and better
0: with each watch i really like this show i didn't go into it because uh, Orson, you were talking about how like it didn't really expand the mcu at all because kevin feige won't let it but i wasn't looking for that i was very much just looking for for a sort of spy throw and a sort of fu- spy action movie type thing with falcon and the winter soldier hence the title i suppose um and it delivered exactly what it was what i wanted it to deliver it never tried to over deliver it never tried to say we're going to change the face of the mcu with this show it was very much just this is going to be about falcon and the winter soldier you're going around they're stopping crying They're being buds and buds in quotation marks as they constantly say no homo, basically. Um, And like, I really liked it. I thought it delivered everything it needed to. I had fun with every episode. The action was spectacular, especially because I've been waiting for this for so long. Like Falcon basically becomes Captain America by the end of the show, spoiler alert. And him like flying around, throwing the shield, bouncing it through helicopters, like is exactly what I wanted from this show. And it took a long time to get there, but it w- it was so worth it. I am curious though, because Matthew and Daniel, you sort of touched on this already, but I am curious about what you think too, Orson, and if Matthew and Daniel have anything to add. The obvious comparison for the show is WandaVision because WandaVision came out just before this. That was the sort of breakthrough Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe TV show, even though there had been ones before it, but we don't really talk about those much. Um, and I was wondering, is it better than Wandavision or did one or is it not as good as WandaVision?
2: Okay, I think I think Wandavision is better than this. Like it's not like much, much better. Like it's it's a grade above, I'd say. Because what I really like about Wandavision is that it not only expanded the greater world of the Marvel Cinematic universe, but it was also super creative in its storytelling, its visuals even in like its character development and yeah we've touched upon how the ending of that show wasn't that great but the stuff that really worked in terms of its visual creativity and its storytelling is what really resonates with me i still think about that sometimes my problem with the falcon and the winter soldier is that exactly what orson said about how kevin feige wanted this to be sort of on its own even though it's still in the universe you don't have to watch the movies to understand this one to me, that's kind of the problem is that it just sort of blends in with all the other MCU projects. Whereas WandaVision stands out like in a really good way. There's nothing like that in the entire universe. Whereas this, it, it's very similar to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, for example, which is a great film. It's a really good movie, but it doesn't do a lot to differentiate itself from that, I feel like. And that's kind of the biggest criticism I had, even when they first announced this show. And looking back, I'm really glad that this got pushed back. And WandaVision premiered first because it hooked a lot of the MCU watchers and also casual viewers into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then you kind of transition to this, where yeah, it's a lot more low key, but it's still kind of it, it's still a nice introduction. I feel like so I prefer WandaVision if that made sense.
1: Part of me just feels like this should have just been a movie, in my opinion, because like I don't know, six hours I guess is fine. I think it could have been expanded to seven. Cause like I said earlier, it just wrapped up, which, you know, WandaVision had that problem too. You know, that's my biggest fear going forward with these TV shows. It doesn't seem like they've cracked the code yet on how to like do a proper conclusion, which maybe that's the curse. The TV shows are going to have kind of like how the movies had poor villains it took them a while to get it. Now they know how to do it. It seems like the ending and the conclusions just with WandaVision and with Falcon and the Winter Soldier just seem to end. And part of me thinks that this show just would have been better as like a two-hour movie or something because you can easily see like yes there's a lot here but just with how generic and kind of you know it blends in i think a lot of it could have just been cut
3: yeah i mean it's kind of very hard to decipher these shows now because i feel like i think what's making this so strange is that and this is probably going to bring up agents of shield if anybody has ever watched that which I don't know I feel like it was always a hot and cold show like it's good some seasons but it's not good in other seasons but the reason I'm bringing it up is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was an ongoing show during the early phases of the MCU and this both Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision are more mini-series rather than ongoing shows and The thing I can kind of see where this is coming from is that even though the productions are, you know how long it just takes for TV shows to find their footing. I mean, it takes such a long time because like for one, you have to really grow towards these characters. You gotta, and you gotta establish a storyline. You gotta establish a villain every season or a conflict and really emphasize it. And even though the MCU was technically already like the world's biggest television series, it here, it's kind of like where these are obviously much smaller scale stories that couldn't necessarily be their own movies. Um, and I feel that that's probably the biggest issue with the show is that it, it's kind of where it's small, but I feel like it could have just been a small movie in the MCU was when I was thinking when, with what Orson has said. Um, And I feel like that's can kind of go with WandaVision, that WandaVision kind of suffers from the same issues, even though it is an homage to the television shows of like yesteryear. Um, But it's just that I feel like these feel more like they're just mini movies than I would say they feel like actual TV series, which doesn't make them necessarily bad. But I feel that's kind of the biggest issue with these shows. And hopefully Marvel can find their footing and figure out how this can possibly work within the extended universe. Like maybe just keep the stories smaller don't even have to, to involve an or, overarching plot, plot, which they did here with Falcon and the, the Winter Soldier. But I feel like if they had it feel more ongoing so that way the creators can find their footing, I feel like it could have been much better. I, and I think the same can kind of be said for Division as well.
0: I am curious though, because both you and Orson said it could have been a sort of smaller scale movie. Like, what would you have cut? Because it is seven hours long and it feels like they establish a lot in those seven hours that you can't really get rid of.
1: As much as I liked this element of the show, one of the things I liked It just kind of felt like they just threw it in there because it kind of related. I don't think the Zemo element really needed to be in the show because he shows up for like two episodes, you know, throws on his mask quickly, which just totally felt like a fan service moment. Does a little bit of dancing and, you know, then kind of just disappears. And I think that element, while really fun and cool because I like that character, it didn't necessarily need to be in the show.
3: I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I guess i kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say that this shouldn't be a series, because honestly, it is a good idea for a series, because these are not necessarily big name actors. These are, because when you think about it, like, Sebastian Tanson or Anthony Mac here, I'm probably not on the A-list, like, say, somebody like RDJ or Scarlett Johansson. Can I feel like if they could have continue, like, say, you know, doing more, if they want to, like, do more with these characters through the television format, I think it would be okay. You could probably have the MCU's version of NCIS MC- or something, because I feel like that would have. You know, I feel like with, yeah, I think the issue with this, these mini series is that they should have just kept them. They should have just made them movies, which would have unfortunately cut out some things, or they could or they could just keep this series ongoing which I feel like might be a better path if they want to continue like to do these television shows. Like maybe even Loki might have another. maybe even Loki can possibly be its own television. So because it seems like that's the route they really want to take that character. But I feel like if they had this ongoing, I feel like it could be a pretty good series as it went along because I think like that's the most issues with television shows that when they began is that the footing's not there yet so I feel like they keep on going I feel like it could be a pretty big thing.
0: I will say though um, from what it seems it's going to keep going but not in the form of a tv show they're making Captain America 4 which in this case means Sam Wilson as Captain America and the cool Wakandan Stars and Stripes Falcon suit which I'm super pumped for. Uh, it's going to be so good. Um, And just to answer my own question from earlier, because I kind of want to answer it. I I think this was a little bit better than WandaVision explicitly because WandaVision set out to do a lot of things that it didn't actually do. And this one didn't set out to do anything, but ended up accomplishing a good amount. And so like my satisfaction at the end of this one was like, yes, Falcon is Captain America, even though you could have just cut from end game to Captain America 4 probably and been like, yeah, he's Captain America. Um, But with WandaVision, they kept trying to be like, ooh, look at this. And then at the end, they were like, you shouldn't have looked at that. And it was kind of, it was a little bit disappointing. Uh, One, another question that I have, uh, Matthew uh, and Orson sort of hinted towards this is that, or not hinted towards this, they said it. It's that this show sort of blends in with some of the other Marvel content. And the question that I have is like, does it do all of these Marvel, like, movies need to stand out or is it okay for some of them to sort of have similar feelings and similar aesthetics and vibes to these other ones especially if they're in the same sort of franchise because this is in the captain america franchise so it sort of feels natural that it would fit in more with with civil war and with falcon or not falcon and the winter soldier captain america the winter soldier which i'll say it they need to change one of the names because it is so freaking confusing
2: I, i think at least now it's still pretty early in terms of MCU television like we only have two series so far so um i understand that you there's still there is going to be at least one if not more of these series that are going to blend into the sort of MCU formula but i was hoping that since they had a lot more a tv show is much longer than a movie obviously like cap th- this is a 6 hour mini series whereas captain america: soldier is like 2 hours i think i i guess i Like, internally, I assumed and, like, kind of hoped that since they have more time to work with, they would take more chances with the formula. And I do think in this show, they do take some chances. Like I said, thematically, it is a lot darker than a lot of the other MCU projects. I like how there is a lot of, like, context, even, like, surrounding, like, our world today, especially in this show with the blip and sort of the, um, the idea of there being a new Captain America. And they even go into some, like... Like themes regarding like race too, which I actually was really impressed with. Even though, in some ways, they kind of they don't really do much with it. And especially, I, I do want to talk about this. I think mean, the final episode is incredibly preachy, but and really really corny, and it kind of downplayed a rather serious tone. And I like how they did that. I like how they did take a little bit of chances with it. But it was more thematically and not in its storytelling. That's kind of what bothered me. As a story, it's still a your your standard Marvel fare. Just. Not drawn out, I want to say, because I don't want to seem like I'm complaining that it's long, because I don't think it's long. I think the length is justified, but it's still from a TV series and a film, there's not much difference in it.
1: I have to agree with Matthew on that one thing. There's uh, something in the finale where like Captain America is talking to like a bunch of people. And I was like, all right, you're trying to say an important message, but this is just one of the most cheesy things I think the MCU has ever done just because of the way it's like set up. And it clearly, you know, was trying to be like, he might as well just have turned to the camera and looked at us and said, and I'm talking to you too. I'm like, all right, come on. But rumor has it that, you know, I think I don't know necessarily, but like they had already shot like half of this or something before COVID and then like did the stop and then went back and finished it. Apparently I've seen a couple of rumors that like the flag smashers were going to do something with like a pandemic that was happening in the world, but they like took it out last minute because they were like, yeah, probably not the best idea. And so that's when like the. They resumed filming. They completely got rid of that. So that's just interesting because like it is hitting on so many like important ideas with, you know, like Matthew said, racism. But then they are also like taking the things out of like the pandemic going on. I don't know, what an interesting to see.
3: Uh, I think for me, like I do like the dark and gritty tone because I feel like that's what makes this show differ from everything else in the MCU because even though the MCU can get dark, there's always those moments of levity that really keep you you know, kind of keep you enjoying it. But like with this one, I feel like for one, the moments of poverty, like when they had their, I mean, even though some of the banter is funny, sometimes the comedic moments really feel so out of place sometimes in this show. um, And I feel that it was doing so well with this dark and gritty tone, I feel like that's Yeah, I feel like that's the thing I was really amazed by, like, in in the fourth episode, I was, I felt shocked, like, when I saw that um, ending, because I never expected it, and because, you know, the MCU never really goes to that level, even though it's not explicit, obviously, because, you know, the mouse has his eyes on him, I do feel like that that's probably the farthest i've ever seen the mcu go in terms of their dark and grittiness because sometimes you know the commercialized stuff like it can sometimes get a little bit generic sometimes and you really do feel i do feel that boredom sometimes way down on me when i'm like say going through these movies again because it doesn't make them bad but just like you know there's always a certain formula that the mcu follows and here, I was, even though it is the same formula, I do feel like the presentation really helps the show stand out. And I think the context of it really brings it down to reality. And even though, yes, the last episode does get a tad bit preachy. and But I feel like that, I feel like it's justified, but I just don't, I feel like it could have just gone another way. And I, I don't know, it would be very interesting to see what would have happened if they did include the pandemic. That would be insane. But obviously, that was not the right time to talk about that. But
0: Release the pandemic cut. Let's make that a hashtag on Twitter. Let's get it going. I will say them cutting something like from the Flag Smashers plan makes a good amount of sense. Because my biggest complaint with this movie was definitely that their plan was just sort of all over the place. And I didn't really know what they wanted, except I knew they were kind of right, which I will say, even though it was very preachy because he was literally talking to cameras, um, like the fact that they took time to acknowledge the fact that the villain was actually right is something that I appreciated because the whole time they were fighting against her. And I was like, she's, I mean, she's to quote Falcon, she's out of line, but she's right. Um, And I, like I just really appreciated that. Like I appreciate that in Black Panther too, when they're like, "Yeah, the villain was right, two steps too far," but they're right. And I don't know, I liked it. The it was a little bit preachy though. Uh, yeah, Matthew, would you like to go off about the ending real quick?
2: Um, I, I don't really have to like go off because I wasn't like mad, but like I I disagree. I felt like it was real. Daniel Daniel said it like what I what I was thinking. It was just like. It was such a corny, like cheesy, sort of like Disney-like ending, which really went against everything the series stood for. I feel like because the tone and what it was trying to t- say with its themes and also its sort of cultural relevance to like our world today, it was really compelling. And I'm just like, wow, I've never seen the MCU do something like this. I want to see how this is ending. And then it ends with sort of like, just like this corn. Like it was done so like corny, and it, it, I just, I just find it really. If anything, it was disappointing because I knew that the series was going to end with something like that. But I was hoping that they would follow through with that tone and make it consistent. But then they just kind of dropped the ball and go for like the route where it's like, okay, let's just play it safe and let's literally address this and like spell it out as if they as if the executives thought that we were idiots or something. And I just felt like it was a really missed opportunity.
1: I think the scene for me where I was like, they completely missed what they were trying to do and it fell totally flat and it kind of taints my uh taste on the rest of what you know the series had set up is uh bucky and the friend where he like murdered the son and like he was you know living with that guilt and then it's like oh well is he gonna like talk to the guy and you know how is he gonna resolve that and at the end you know he gets that tough love from sam and then like he goes to the guy's apartment and they like start the conversation you can tell it's gonna go somewhere and then it just cuts to him walking out the door and it's like oh well I guess that happened, And it's like, what? Like, did we not get to see like that hard moment for Bucky? You know, how does he push through that? So I thought that was just a wasted opportunity.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, I feel feel like the issues, like, because you do got to address these issues, but I feel like the thing that the show could have just done when what you were doing so well in the beginning with was that they could have just had it something like, I wouldn't say in the background, but something that was those minor the de- um was a minor detail. Because it'd be really point out like the f- if you really point out a huge element or a huge theme of your show, you're really gonna come off as preachy as as we all said in the ending. And I feel like they should have just, you know, just kept it gritty, kept it dark. I mean, obviously not too dark, obviously, but I feel like they could have just done something where that was just a little detail that made it even better rather than a big detail that really soured it.
0: Yeah, I kind of get that. Um, I will say though, like, even though it was darker at moments, the show like had its like it had a lot of moments where it was lighter too it wasn't just John Walker bashing someone's head in with the shield there was also a lot of moments with Sam and Bucky fixing the boat and Sam talking to Bucky and Bucky going I don't always think of my metal arm it because I'm right-handed or like there's a lot of moments like that that are very much just there for fun or like when Io comes from uh, Wakanda to collect Zemo and it's just this fun action scene that doesn't have to do with much I feel like there is enough levity that it sort of justifies that sort of shifting in tone. Admittedly, it would have been very interesting to see the MCU go down this totally dark, gritty, nothing, like no light, no light at the end of the tunnel mode. But I also think that would have been, first of all, not right for right now. And also, like, just really depressing because it is a Captain America movie at the end of the day. And even though Captain America is the one Marvel Cinematic Universe property that really takes a hard look at things, Uh, there's always like some hope because it's Captain America. And I don't know, I I wouldn't like it.
1: It really seemed like they tried to do that though with the Winter Captain America, the Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War where they have like these really dark themes with like, you know, I'd argue Captain America, the Winter Soldier is probably the darkest movie in the MCU besides Infinity War. But really with Civil War, when they try to do like, you know, Bucky murdering Tony's parents, that's like such a dark scene when like you get that reveal. And then this kind of what I said at the beginning, it just felt like a cheap knockoff $5 Walmart, uh, you know, version of that where they're like trying to be dark, but they're like not really gonna, you know, pass that border of like, okay, we're actually being dark. Like the past iterations of Captain America have been.
0: I get that. Uh, yeah, I get that. And I, I forgot how dark Civil War got because I mostly just remember Civil War for the Avengers beating the crap out of each other. I rarely remember the fact that Bucky actually killed Tony Stark's parents and we watch it on screen. Uh, But we are running out of time for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So final thoughts or if anybody has anything that they desperately want to discuss as a group. I don't think this is
1: the worst thing the MCU has done. Like I said, I just think for me, it was just a little kind of bland and it just kind of blended in, which is fine. You know, not everything has to, you know, post- Endgame, not everything has to like set up the next huge threat that's coming, but like I kind of just wanted a little bit more from this series, like you know, maybe hinting towards like something bigger, which they kind of did with the Thunderbolts or like the Dark Avengers, which I'm really excited for. But yeah, I just, you know, Captain America Four, we'll have to see what they're going to do with it. But like my biggest fear is like if Captain America Four is with Sam Wilson indeed and it's just this again, then it kind of just proves like, oh, well, couldn't the Falcon and the Winter Soldier just been a movie to begin with? So We'll have to see. Overall, I'd probably give this series like a 6 out of 10 or so.
2: Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, It's definitely not the best in the MCU, that's for sure. But it's not even close to being the worst. Like, this is not anywhere nearly as bad as like Thor The Dark World or Incredible Hulk 2008. But um, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it. I think it has an overall decent story, even though it does, doesn't does really do a whole lot to reinvent the game. Um, the action's really good. I like, I like most of the cast. And thematically, there, there are some parts that really work, but then at the end, they just kind of throw it all away. It's unfortunate, but overall, I enjoyed it. I look forward to see what um, Captain America 4 has in store because I know it also has the same um, uh, showrunner as this. So I'm interested, and I would like to see what else they do. If they do season two, I I'd, I'd be on board to check it out. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm I am very anxious interest, interested to see what um the show and what the MCU can entail after this, but as for the show, it's it's good. I just wouldn't there's just a lot of issues that it just has. I think when it, with it's tone near the end really soured it kind of and Sometimes, like, sometimes I feel like it could have just gone a little farther, but obviously, like I said before, the mouse has eyes on this property and they don't want to sour it or make it too dark. But I mean, I liked it. I don't know if I'm going to ever watch it again, but I think 7.5 out of 10, I think that's where I'm, I think that's my cap on this
0: show. I'm going to give it an eight and a half or a nine out of 10. It was fun. It was solid. It was exactly what I wanted. It does, there are a few moments that I think didn't quite go super well. Like, I don't think it handles race with, like, the utmost brilliance, but also I feel like it handles it as best as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to try to handle race relations in the United States of America. So... Like, yeah, it was a fun time and I enjoyed myself. And I don't know when I'll watch it again, but I'll definitely watch that finale again. Because again, Falcon just crashing through helicopters with the shield was so freaking cool. I loved it. Uh, But yeah, that'll wrap up our conversation on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we're going to move on to Mortal Kombat, the 2021 movie, which is, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, It's about, for those of you who aren't aware of the classic video game franchise or the classic film from the 90s, there is a tournament called Mortal Kombat where Earthrealm, which is us, tries to defend itself from this like invading world called Outworld, which has all these like evil people in it. And there's also this thing called Netherrealm, which is basically AG double hockey sticks. And there are like defenders of Earthrealm chosen by somebody, I think it's Raiden. It depends on what version of the lore you're going with. I apologize for the lengthy description, but I am a little bit of a Mortal Kombat nerd. Um, and so like these defenders are chosen and they fight it out in the game. They fight it out in Mortal Kombat where there's this official tournament and they all beat the crap out of each other and you beat your friends and then they yell at you for spamming. Uh, but this movie was directed by Simon McCoy uh, and it stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Joss Lawson, uh, Joe Talson, Mechad Brooks, just a lot of people who are like sort of CB list, uh, but all do the best they can. What do we think?
1: I'm about to drop a hot take for Calvin. I've never once played Mortal Kombat in my life. I've never played the game once, and I wasn't until I saw the movies just a couple of weeks ago in preparation. I had ever seen anything Mortal Kombat related, but I do. I've heard the games are great, so you know I do want to get to them around to them eventually. The you know original one is kind of fine. It's pretty dated and it's pretty boring, but it's at least an attempt for like a '90s video game movie. The second one. I'm not really no it's not like the first half is kind of fun and then like you can see why it's like oh you know it's kind of fun to watch because of how cheesy and bad and then I think the second half just totally proves like oh no this is terrible this one I think I'm a mixed bag with but kind of like you know what the last review was I think there are elements of it that are like super cool and super fun but then other things where I'm just maybe it's because I'm not a Mortal Kombat fan I'm just bored out of my mind i'm like where is this going like it's just characters kind of sitting around talking like trying to learn things oh some bad guys come they got to fight them there's some awesome gruesome kills and then like it kind of just wraps up and it's like all right we'll see you in Mortal combat four five six seven eight nine ten whatever they're going to try and do so i think yeah like i said there's some cool things but a lot of missed opportunities that like they could have just done better with
2: this movie is so stupid but it's so much fun like as someone who, like, I, I've played Mortal Kombat. I'm not, like, a Mortal Kombat nerd by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't really know much about the lore. I just know the game, and the game is fun. Uh, the original Mortal Kombat movie from 1995 is not good. It's not good at all. It's incredibly boring. It's really slow. Uh, it looks like puke. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, on the other hand, is a massive pile of garbage, but it is amazing. I will watch that movie any day of the week because it's so it's so much fun like it's bad but it's kind of amazing this one for the most part i actually enjoyed surprisingly like i didn't have the highest expectations going into it just because i'm not a huge moral combat fan to begin with but for the most part i had fun with it i do agree that there's so many parts where they're just like talking and it feels more like 12 angry men than a moral combat movie but when the action happens Oh my God, it is incredible. I loved how violent it was. I love I love the blood. I like how over the top it can be at times. I like the one-liners and like, it's dumb. It's so dumb, but it's, I really enjoyed it. And for that reason, I'd have to say this is probably my second favorite video game adaptation film behind Detective Pikachu. Like I, for the, I enjoyed it for the most part, but it's more of a guilty pleasure. It's technically not a very good movie, but I liked it
3: yeah um so the, i actually liked the first film i really enjoyed it um even though yeah it does have show its age a lot i think that's kind of the fun of it it's kind of like space jam or it's just its own time capsule um and the Hylation is probably the best comedy i have ever seen it's just i just Whenever I see that movie, it's just so cheesy and so bad. I just can't help but love it. This one, um, I would say I had fun with it, but I I obviously know that it's not that good of a movie, really. I mean, it's a better video game adaptation because the thing they do get right is they understand the lore and the action, obviously. It deserves its R rating. Like This is probably the most refreshing thing I've seen from a video game movie is where they really bring out the R rating and it makes it really fun whenever they battle. But I think my biggest issue, I do have some issues, though, like the main character, Cole Young, is not really that interesting. I mean, hopefully in future films he can get better, but as right now, he's just not that interesting of a character. He's pretty generic and I his powers are pretty semi-generic. Um, I just couldn't get into him. Um, and I think it just, a lot of it, I do think it just feller for the battles. Like there's just times where the characters are just talking and they're just shouting exposition back and forth. And even though exposition is important, sometimes it's like they just don't take a break from talking. They just keep talking and talking. Then the action shows up and it's like, oh my God, this is so fun. And then it gets back to talking then back to the action. So it's a movie that I think I enjoyed, but I feel like it's just a lot of exposition dumps to wait through before you can actually get to that fun.
0: I, uh, First of all, just to address uh, Matthew's elephant in the room comment, how dare you insult the original Mortal Kombat movie? That is the second best video game adaptation ever, second only to Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it's fantastic. It's fun. It's got hilarious practical effects. Goro in that movie is so fun. He's like this three armed giant, but he's like normal sized and he's clearly in some sort of rig. It's so awesome. But this movie was terrible. And I went into it knowing that it would be bad. Like I didn't expect. Citizen Kane from it and it was so awful and like all the characters were boring and dull and they introduced this new character who's not in any Mortal Kombat game and is just some generic schmuck they throw in there for no reason when Liu Kang or Scorpion or Sub-Zero is right there and they like the worst sin of this movie is that it opens with this background of Mortal Kombat's most famous character, Scorpion, and how his family was killed by this guy named Sub-Zero. And it's this really awesome, like 10 minute short film, just sort of dedicated to that. And it's really violent and bloody and gross, and it's just perfect. And then it slaps you with like an hour's worth of exposition that doesn't even make, like I had a hard time following this and I play the video games and i went with a friend who doesn't who had never even heard of mortal Kombat, and she left and said i had no idea what was going on for the entirety of that film and like it would be forgivable if the action was always fun but the action is fun about half of the time half the time it's like really bloody and gory and very much referential to mortal combat there's a bit where They joke about spamming sweep kicks when like they're training and they just keep sweep kicking each other. And I thought that was funny. And the violence is fantastic, but half the time it's like in the dark and you can't really see what's going on and the CGI is not good and they throw in this nonsense about finding like your inner strength or whatever and then it gives you superpowers but those superpowers can either be like throwing fireballs or a laser eye or somehow laser cannon arms on Sonya Blade at the last second for no reason and it was so it was just awful and I didn't like this movie and I don't understand how they could ruin such a great premise after the first 10 minutes.
1: It wasn't until like a third, like when the, the giant dude, Goro, whatever his name is, came to like, first of all, he, you could have had them fight anywhere and you had them fight in his backyard, like next to his shed. I was like, all right, come on. I get it, Mortal Kombat does not have Marvel budgets, but like, I, you know, come on. Anyway, uh, it, was, it was not until then that I realized that this guy, Cole Young or whatever his name is, was a father. I did not realize that for the whole time. I thought that was like his adopted sister or something, or just like a friend. I was like, wait, this dude's married and he's got like a middle-aged kid or something. I was like, that's interesting. Maybe it just goes to me not paying attention or terrible writing, but yeah. I I do think the kills though were actually kind of fun. I didn't like the CGI blood. It kind of got like just a little repetitive after a while. But that one scene where like the one dude's hat is like a saw or something and like the flying chick just like goes through it. I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. That's actually pretty gnarly. That's kind of what I wanted, but it only happens a couple of times.
0: That was that's- absolutely the highlight of the movie when Kung Lao- That's from the game, right? Uh, yes, I think that's one of Kung Lao's fatalities. I. The other highlight of this movie for me is that Kung Lao was in it. Because he was always the character I played as a kid because he had like two moves where you could throw his hat and it would be totally undodgeable. And just the fact that they included him like ups the movie a little bit for me.
2: I, it's interesting that you as a Mortal Kombat fan didn't like it. Because I've heard this from a lot of people. I've talked to some people who are Mortal Kombat fans and they didn't really dig the movie as much. But I've when I talk to people at that aren't really necessarily fans or are not super invested into the Mortal Kombat lore they enjoy it like for me like i know literally next to nothing about the Mortal Kombat lore besides the characters i don't know their backstories or the background of this tournament but like i i don't know like i just went in and i was just like this is it's fun so like what what is it about this movie that disappoints you calvin as a Mortal Kombat fan cuz i'm just curious
0: There's a couple of things. The first off is just how much exposition they just constantly dump over everything, even though the exposition doesn't make any sense. Like, I, again, I had a hard time following. And I know the rules of Mortal Kombat. and then also the fact that there was no Mortal Kombat was really frustrating. They talk about this tournament the whole time and how they're prepping for the tournament and then they never get to the tournament and they've wasted all of their best characters on this movie. So there's like nowhere for them to go except for Shao Kahn. But Shang Shangsoon, Shang, Shang however you pronounce it, I'm sorry that I mispronounced it because I definitely did one of those times. Uh, like he, it's still there. So we're not going to get the Shao Kahn who's a way cooler villain. Cause he's just this big, big guy with like a giant ax or something who just cuts people to ribbons. And the fact is the fighting in the video game is way more fun. Like the action scenes here were kind of decent sometimes, especially when they did like super gory kills. But at the end of the day, half the time I was like, yeah, I'd rather watch me fighting Goro on a screen where I can fight Goro instead of watching Cole Young get his magic suit of armor that makes him invincible because he realized he's fighting for his family which really should have been the first thing to come to his mind. I don't know man. It was just like at the end of the day I'd rather play a Mortal Kombat game.
3: I think you really tapped onto an issue that is apparent in video game movies and I think it's only in video game movies is that with video games like say something like Red Dead Redemption or or skyrim or yes mortal kombat is that you have control over the characters and what they're going to do and you have the choice of like am i going to go on this journey or am i not and so the issue with these video game movies in general maybe apart from sonic the hedgehog and detective pikachu because those are more character based rather than like say oh we're gonna control these characters or this storyline is that it's you basically strip back all the elements that make these games fun to play which is why it's such a hard thing to really adapt video games into movies and i think mortal kombat is definitely one of the better ones um like at least in terms of a franchise, I mean, nobody wants to really go and see what Uwe Bowl is making. But you really see that there is a lot of dedication to Mortal Kombat, but it's really hard to really adapt these games in the movies because you have no control over the characters or their decisions. And I feel that's like a big issue um, with, the, with video game movies is that it's, and essentially takes away the experience of playing the game because it's an adaptation. You have to really adapt it into a film. So instead of playing it, you're just watching it.
0: But I feel like the flip side of that is they did make a Mortal Kombat movie that was fun to watch. And it was called Mortal Kombat. And it was back in the 90s. Even though you hate it, Matthew, like every once in a while, I'll still go back to watch it just because it's goofy and it's fun. They have really weird practical effects like Scorpion. Scorpion has this move where he shoots a chain out of his wrist and says, get over here and pulls you towards him and is the best move in Mortal Kombat ever. But in like the Mortal Kombat movie, it's like this weird snake that lives in his hand. But in this, like, I don't know, they just, they don't make it fun. And I feel like the key aspect to a video game movie is you have to make it fun because at the end of the day, Odds are you're going to have more fun playing the video game, which is what I feel, even though a lot of people hate Sonic the Hedgehog, because it is objectively a terrible film. But it is fun to watch because there's like so many like stupid jokes and there's like fun things going on. This one just isn't fun. There's no fun to be had with any of the characters. There's no fun with the lore. It's all just the lore. And it takes itself so, so seriously when even the Mortal Kombat games don't take themselves seriously.
2: I'd have to disagree, honestly. I, I feel like this movie knows what it is because it's like, it, yeah, they they spend way too much time on the lore. And that's a problem I do have with this movie is that there is way too much talk and not enough fight. But when the fight happens, it's amazing because, honestly, that's what mo- I think most people, unless you're a diehard Mortal Kombat fan, you are going into this movie for the fights. Most people, I assume, aren't going to care nearly as much about the lore now why did they focus so much on the lore i have no idea but it's like when the action happens like it's so much fun like i i feel like just the amount of action when it happens even though they're kind of few and far between some scenarios it's just so over the top so bloody so violent and that's exactly what i was looking for like the earlier combat movies obviously they're rated pg-13 they didn't have any blood or anything and the kills were nearly as gruesome But in this one, they are so over the top. It's like I think I even read the director said this was bordering on NC-17, apparently, which I guess I could see because of the like how bloody it is. But like that's that's what drew me in, and honestly, that's what I got. I feel like because there's so many stupid jokes. Like who's what's the dude? The Kano, for example, he's just cracking one-liners left and right, and most of them are so stupid, but they're kind of like funny. You laugh along with it. So I feel like this is one of those movies where it's like, if you want to analyze the lore, you can go ahead. But even though there's way too much lore, but at the same time, if you just shut your brain off, I think it's a way, it's much more enjoyable of an experience.
3: I mean, I think the thing that actually did like turn me off about this movie is just the fact that it's how they explain the lore because it's not necessarily the problem with the lore itself, but it's how they explain it. And I feel like it's maybe a part on the director or the writers because the way they talk about the lore, it's like, oh my God, you we get it, we get it. You guys are talking about this world. We're talking about this tournament. And it's like, we know like, Mortal Kombat is essentially not that complex. I mean, yeah, you have these worlds and these characters, they're not that complex. This isn't freaking inception or something. You don't have to like over explain this lore. And I feel that's like one of the bigger issues is that because there's like times when it's like these characters like you're not really getting any time to really know these characters because it's expecting you to kind of know from the knowledge of the games. And you really feel that they're all, they're just explaining exposition. Cause there's a lot of issues with just using exposition sometimes. And you gotta get more time to know these characters and know who they are outside of it. I mean, really we wanna get the surface level information, which I mean, it's obvious because these are video game characters. They're not gonna be overly complex unless you say somebody on this level of Red Dead Redemption But it's just that they're not that you're not given enough where you're gonna be intrigued with these characters. Like they have some really cool characters show up from from Outworld and it's like you don't get to know them because you're all talking about how we're gonna do the tournament. And I feel like that if they gave us more time to really know the personalities, because really the only one you really get the personality from is Kano. I feel like that would have made the film a bit better because it just over explains its lore and uses it through the characters rather than, you know, just have the characters be the characters sometimes. What are these characters like outside of this tournament or like who they are? And I feel like that's like the biggest issue with this film.
1: This reminded me a lot of Fantastic Beasts 2, if anybody saw that, where it's like, you have to know everything about the Harry Potter lore to actually understand it. And it sounds like I'm in the same boat as like Calvin's friend that he saw the movie with, where it's like, I mean, maybe a little bit different because I know some stuff, but like literally just a thin veneer of it. And I, yeah, I just left out like, what? Like, what are they even talking about? I think for me, where like, I, I was just so like not entertained by it was, and I hate to say it like this, if anyone that was in the movies listening to this right now, I don't know who these people are you know i've kind of said before like i don't want to see you know x famous actor play this character because then i'm watching that person play that character i rather watch the character if that makes sense but like i didn't know anybody and like you know you can kind of look at movies like detective pikachu or sonic which i haven't seen sonic but like you know it's jay mars james marsden jim carrey and Ben schwartz and it's like you know you can like look at those people and you can say like okay you're watching these actors having a fun time but I don't know, just it seems like to me, and I hate to say again, say it like this, they kind of just found actors that are just a notch above porn level actors. And they're like, you want to be in a Mortal Kombat movie? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then they're like, okay, go see your sister now. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know, someone could have done this so much better than this person did. But and that's kind of my hot take with it.
0: I agree. And I feel like, like, I agree for sort of different reasons, because I feel like the problem with the characters in these movies isn't what Daniel was saying about them not having like enough to them. I mean, like we don't really see their personalities, but also like in Mortal Kombat, you don't see their personalities in the video game. Like they're there for the move set and that's really it. And I feel like if they had cast sort of more well-renowned names and they don't have to be too well-renowned, like I would have loved to see Donnie Yen play Raiden that would have been sick. But, um, If we got somebody we could associate a little bit more with, that might have helped with that, because then we could have been like, yeah, go Jax, It was, I don't know, insert person here, instead of, I don't know who this person is, so Jax, question mark? Even though Jax is like a fun character in the games. And I feel like if they had done that and sort of gotten more people with some cult of personality, like the Suicide Squad. Because in the Suicide Squad, we're not gonna get details on every single character. Like if people think we're gonna get an intricate backstory of Polka Dot Man, they're gonna be sorely disappointed. But the fact is we sort of know who's playing Polka Dot Man, so we can like identify with him already. But with this, there's just like nobody. (laughs) Like I think the guys who played Scorpion in Sub-Zero are big uh in somewhere besides the United States because they got like special credits. Uh, but other than that. And Scorpion and Sub-Zero were barely in the movie. And they're the two biggest characters in Mortal Kombat. Oh, and they advertised like Scorpion V Sub-Zero on all, the, on all the like posters and stuff. And they just, they got nothing. That's one of my biggest complaints with it because I love Scorpion. And they could have just had a Scorpion movie. Would have been so good if it was just a Scorpion movie. It seems like they're trying to set up a sequel, obviously with Johnny Cage.
1: And I was talking to my friend about it when I was Facetiming with him over the weekend. I was like, "It would be really interesting because you know I know who Johnny Cage is. He's like you know this movie star. He's like an action star. But he's really got these special powers. He's like this young buff dude. It would be hilarious if they do actually get a sequel, which we'll I'll get into in a second. If they cast someone like." Nicholas Cage or like Brendan Fraser that would totally subvert audience expectations because both of those I argue are having a comeback if you see like you know Mandy or like Doom Patrol and they're awesome because like they're you know these dudes in like their 50s and 60s who are like these awesome action stars and now they're kind of older and they're dads and grandpas now but like I think that'd be awesome to get one of those to as Johnny Cage but that's here's a question I have. So I think it was the dude who played Scorpion, maybe? I don't know. Someone that was one of the characters said he signed on for four more Mortal Kombat films. Is this getting four more Mortal Kombat films? I'd say no. But maybe definitely one not two.
2: four. I don't think so, but I could see a sequel happening, honestly. They they clearly left it open for a sequel. And from my from what I'm aware, this movie did extremely well on HBO Max. I think it even did better than Godzilla versus Kong, which is saying a lot, but I could see a sequel happening honestly and and to be to be honest I would like to see that sequel it, it even though this one didn't really it, it expanded so much on the lore hopefully the second one will actually just follow through and make it more just about the tournament because there was no moral combat in this movie and that is a big problem like the movie's called moral combat where's the Mortal combat they talk about it but they don't actually do it maybe they can expand more of outworld maybe We'll get more of the characters from some of the newer games too there's a lot of potential to be had with this franchise but will they make it will they make five movies out of this i doubt it like i don't see that much potential but i could see at least one more
3: happening i mean if they can manage to because i think with this i think this film actually did to make break even at the box office um so i do see that there is going to be a sequel to this film and apparently a wrestler named The Miz was in talks of playing Do- Johnny Cage. So I don't think, hopefully that, I don't know, I don't know anything about The Miz, but honestly, Brendan Fraser does sound like a good fit for Johnny Cage. But um, I if, say, the second film can live up or exceed the expectations, um, like exceed the expe- exceed ex- expectations, I feel like there could potentially be more, but as right now, I think we should just wait for the second film to see what will happen.
0: If they do get a second film, they got a lot to fix. Just focus on the action, make stupid fights. Uh stop dropping so much lore on us and just like give us have more time for the fights. Let the fights like expand and go somewhere instead of being five minutes and just like one or two cool moves and then they wrap it up like have them go somewhere have them like be interesting to watch and not just like yeah that was a cool ending to the fight even though they should have cool endings to the fight because that's what mortal Kombat is famous for the famous fatality system where you can rip someone's spine off with their skull uh but yeah that we're almost out of time for mortal Kombat. so final thoughts
1: i i was somewhat excited for it because you know it did have an r rating and it was gonna go pretty violent but i left just kind of bored and I think it just could have been a lot better. I think if they do get a sequel, in my opinion, what would be beneficial is getting James Wan, if anyone knows who that is, to be the director and possibly the writer, because he was an executive producer on this. So I think maybe he would benefit from directing. Cause he's, you know, he's had a couple misses Aquaman's up for debate. But like I think he would actually be pretty good. I also did see, I'll just start out there quickly, that Ryan Reynolds made a reference that he would like to be Johnny Cage and someone was like, all right, we'll hit you up maybe, or like someone, I don't know if it was just a fun little playing with fans or whatever, but that'd be kind of interesting. But yeah, there were some cool violent moments, but just a lot of exposition. And because I'm not a Mortal Kombat fan, I didn't understand a lot of what they were talking about and the characters were pretty flat and boring. So I give this a four out of 10, sadly.
2: I acknowledge all the flaws and I agree with a lot of them. Uh, Way, way too much focus on lore the story is just kind of a big mess the characters are not the most interesting but so is in the games because you're mostly just playing and fighting and we didn't touch upon this but i just wanted to briefly mention it the editing in this movie is utter trash it's it's like bohemian rhapsody levels of bad honestly but at the same time it is so much fun like watching this with with a bunch of friends here we were just having a blast and we were just in awe of the violence and gore and if you go into it just like that not like wanting to dissect the lore and get really invested in the story, you'll totally have a fun time with this. So I'd say go into this movie with that mindset because it'll be a much more enjoyable experience. And like I said, in my opinion, this is my second favorite video game adaptation film behind the the Pokemon film Detective Pikachu. Uh, It's dumb, but I liked it. Six out of 10. This one,
3: uh, it's... It is a bad movie, like, it just has the elements, because I feel like the thing that does kind of dampen the film is that I feel like there's just a lot of things that are misdirected and miswritten, and I think the exposition dumps are just really boring and aggravating, but once it gets to those action scenes, it, it is fun. So I think it's just one of those movies where it's like, It's it's just kind of your good type of bad like you're going to if you're going to go into this movie like expecting Mortal Kombat, you're not going to get tournament but you will get some of the fights and yeah I would say this movie is probably five out of 10 maybe closer to a four and then I would say a six but yeah I think five out of 10.
0: Three out of 10 it gets one star for existing it gets one star for having Kung Lao in it and it has one star for having Kung Lao's hat cut somebody in half. And other than that, uh, oh, well, It get, the first star is actually for the first 10 minutes with Scorpion and Sub-Zero because that was pretty dope. Uh, but other than that, it's just a bad movie and I don't want to watch it ever again. It was just not good. Yeah, I've made my peace with that because I was really pumped for it too. But that'll wrap up this episode of Bijou Bancher. Be sure to tune in next week if you want. We're going to, do, where we're going to be talking about Mitchells vs. the Machines. And then we're about a year late on this one, but we're going to talk about it because it was just released on HBO Max. We're going to talk about Tenet, which I am so pumped for because it is Tenet, and I love Tenet. But that'll wrap up for this episode of Bijou Banter. I've been Calvin. I've been Orson.
3: I've been Matthew. And I've been Daniel.
0: We will see you all next time. Bye-bye.